When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So you thought it would never come, but the date is with us. The Prime Minister will make a major address to the nation tonight at 10 o'clock on the countdown to 11 o'clock, which is really 12 o'clock in Brussels. Yes, Brexit time is with us. Let me speak to Tom Kelly, who'll be cracking open the champagne, raising a glass, as if. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Certainly won't be uh, raising any glasses tonight uh, for uh, Brexit Day, because, you know, ultimately this was something that should never really occurred. But we are where we are, and we have to make the best of it. I mean, there was a better deal on the table that was called Mrs May's deal, and, uh, you know, unionists spectacularly rejected it to get a worse deal for Northern Ireland, and now they're going to have to live with it, and we're going to have to live with it. But at least it does recognise special status for Northern Ireland in some ways, you know, it gives access to agribusinesses and manufacturing to the uh, single market. We remain in the customs union. And EU funding uh, uh, that is pretty critical to a lot of border areas remains until 2027. And that has to be a good thing. I notice in your article in the newspaper today in the Belfast Telegraph, you, you take us back to the Titanic Conference Centre and you were waiting on the referendum result. And you say, I could see the anxiety etched on the faces of young volunteers. Do you think young people today are looking at 11 o'clock tonight and thinking we've been cheated out of something? Or are they thinking, hey, this is a golden opportunity for us to be different I think the majority of young people in Northern Ireland, and the majority of young people, I think, in Britain, feel that uh, they've been let down, that something has been taken away from them that they were, they were entitled to. Uh, I think from a young person's point of view, uh, if you had have seen them that night in, in the centre, they were deflated. Yes, they got a result here in Northern Ireland and a, and a convincing result, but what they didn't get was uh, the final victory because of what happened in the UK and English nationalism, and that is a real disappointment for many young people uh, you know, who are global in their outlook. Uh, and like the idea of being European. And one of the big threats, Frank, uh, to Northern Ireland throughout all of this has been the spectre of identity politics coming to the fore again. And that's something we all thought we'd left behind. Maybe now they can be more global, however, other than just being European. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a good believer that, you know, have a passport, preferably an Irish one, you can travel anywhere. Um, You know, but you've got to remember that in this market, Britain trades globally about 1.4 trillion uh, pounds worth of business, and 49% of that is within the EU. So let's hope that they're not as stupid with their trade as they were with the votes. You just can't ignore 48% of the population. You can't afford to uh, uh, ignore 49% of trade. 
Do you think the, the Prime Minister tonight will have a speech of reconciliation? He's unlikely to rub noses in it, is he? I think he will try. Look, like, I mean, Boris Johnson's Boris Johnson. He's you know he's clownish in his approach, but I think he will try to make a pitch for reconciliation. I mean, he's like the guy who broke the Delphins now trying to glue it back together again. I certainly don't think you'll see a repeat of the sort of barrage. Uh, uh, um, stuff from uh, Brussels. I don't think he's going to do that. He has to bring a nation. He knows he now has a fractured United Kingdom. He knows he has difficulties with Scotland. He knows he has difficulties with the City of London. Some big, big decisions coming along the line, uh, Frank, and I mean, he needs to brush up his negotiation skills. Well, he's going to be busy negotiating and he doesn't have a heck of a lot of time. People are suggesting, I think there was a, a, I was reading something a short time ago about the trade deal between the European Union and Canada took seven years. The, yeah. he's, he's hoping to do similar type deals in, in less than 12 months. Which is amazing because when people think of a trade deal, they think it's like a, a deal, a single deal. But obviously, what it's doing is it covers multiple sectors, and and those sectors there's going to be a lot of horse trading going on because we're already hearing, you know, the, the Americans want access to the health service. They want to have a deal where you can put chlorinated chicken uh, on the menu here in, in in the UK, and you know, so deals come with strings. And so it's not a one-way street. There's going to be a lot of negotiations, and it's going to be really impossible, I think, to do it in a year. You've got to remember that two years ago, Theresa May was still only hiring negotiators. And so nobody had prepared for Brexit. Britain didn't have negotiators in place. So this is going to be a hell of a job to complete in 12 months. I just don't think it's going to be possible. There'll be some kind of extension because the markets at the moment, you know, they like certainty. They've got certainty that they're leaving what they'll then start to look at is where the deal sit. And of course, for London, the big important thing is financial passporting. And Britain's going to have to give something for that, most likely fisheries, I would imagine. So, you know, not everybody's going to be happy at the end of this process. Jim Wells is having a party tonight at the gates of Stormont at half past ten. He's invited everyone. He's saying he doesn't want it just to be one man and his dog. I don't know if Jim's bringing his dog, but do you expect many to be there? I'm sure that Jim can rustle up a crowd from somewhere. I mean, I mean, it's not that hard to do. Uh, like, but what he's really celebrating is again they're saying this is some kind of win, which I kind of don't really understand in terms of uh, the mentality of unionists because the unionist parties have made it quite clear. His party's made it quite clear they don't even like the deal that's on the table. So I don't know exactly what they're celebrating. But for Jim, it'll be about union jacks and identity politics and, uh, you know, the lowest common denominator. I don't think you'll find too many outside to get to Stormont. OK. Uh, Tom, thank you very much indeed. Tom Kelly, writing this morning in the Belfast Telegraph. Let me speak to Professor John Tong. John, good morning. Good morning, Frank. John, put it all in context for us. I, I know we don't have like three weeks for you to speak on it, but uh, just <laughs> p- p- put 11 o'clock tonight in context, please. Oh, it's a monumental uh, event today. You know, after 47 years of EU membership uh, c- comes to a halt, it's the biggest constitutional change, with the arguable exception of devolution, but it's probably the biggest constitutional change that we've seen uh, in the UK. It's a, it's a monumental event. Whichever, whichever side of the argument you are on. Um, it won't bring anything to a conclusion uh, tonight because so much in terms of rights, in terms of trade, will rest upon what is negotiated over the next 11 months. I agree with Tom Kelly. I don't think it's possible to conclude a comprehensive deal within those 11 months. And I think that for all Boris Johnson's rhetoric to the contrary, um, 
that there won't be an extension uh, to the trade negotiations. I think there will be. I think there will be certain sectoral agreements concluded within uh, those 11 months. But, you know, if you look at comparable trade deals with other countries, Japan, you know, um, took half a decade, and that was relatively quick between the EU and Japan. But, yeah, in terms of the big picture, this is huge. It's absolutely, it's, it's something that, you know, there was always, there were always people hostile to the European Union. You know? But in 1975, we voted two to one to remain in the EEC as was. And people did think that was the end of the matter. If you'd said that, you know, half a century later, nearly half a century later, that we'd be actually leaving that organization, you know, people would not, would not have believed you. And, you know, when, when parties like UKIP started out, they were dismissed as, you know, to quote David Cameron, cranks and, and gadflies. The idea that they would win um, and that we'd actually be leaving the European Union this evening, uh, quite remarkable, probably the most dramatic phase of politics we've had in the UK, uh, certainly you know, in my lifetime. Remind us of the argument from those who will be uncorking the champagne tonight. What's going through their heads at 11 o'clock tonight? Because they they can't all be wrong. Tom Kelly will have no champagne next or near him, but people will have it. So what's going through their heads? Well, I've not been invited to Jim Wells' party tonight, so who knows what will go on there. But I think in, the, in terms oh, of... Oh, just on, on, Jim Wales, on, on Jim Wales, there were no champagne at Jim's party. <laughs> that's not... Uh, Tom, that's, Kelly that's be, <laughs> Tom Kelly won't be uncorking any because he doesn't want to celebrate it. Jim Wells will not be, <laughs> will not be damping his lips outside Stormont. But uh, he, say, he did yeah. say to, to, uh, to Gronje in the newsroom that he doesn't want it to be just one man and his dog. So I, I, yeah. I, I, it could be well attended, half ten on a Friday night on a, on a January evening, you know. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know what other... Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe they're going to show the Late Late Show live on a big screen and, and listen to Arlene. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But for those who will be celebrating, just remind us why they're celebrating. They'll be celebrating. I remember, you know, 17.4 million people voted for this. It was hardly negligible. The turnout was massive. They voted for this for the intangibles, really. Those of sovereignty... Uh, they also voted in terms of their perceived tangibles that they would get a better control on immigration, even though half of immigration comes from beyond the European Union. So they wanted to take back control of borders. Immigration was huge during the, the Brexit referendum campaign. So there, there's a tangible. The intangible is sovereignty. Can you really, in an inter- interdependent world, take back uh, broader control? But, you know, you, you can make a democratic argument for Brexit. They'll be celebrating that. No longer will unelected EU commissioners uh, shape British domestic policy to the extent that they um, um, have done over the last 40-odd years. So there are things to celebrate from a, from a Brexit point of view. The, the fear, obviously, is that there could be econom- economic damage to the UK. But again, you know, if you're a Brexiteer, you can make the case Look, people are ordinary people. Firstly, they're not that interested in GDP growth. It, it doesn't mean anything to the ordinary man or woman uh, on the street. And secondly, if you look at shocks in terms of growth, well, if you look at a graph of GDP growth, you take, if you look at growth during the two world wars, um, it registers barely as a blip. So the idea that leaving the European Union will crash the economy, uh, a Brexiteer would argue, is grossly exaggerated. Things will be pretty much as normal. And I don't just mean for the next 11 months during the transition period when there really will be, really will be business as usual. So, you know, Brexiteers will say, look, we've got back sovereignty. And, you know, 
the Brexiteer argument would be ultimately the EU was heading towards a super state. It was, you know, ever growing in its competences. There was a lack of subsidiarity that you'd have, you know, it ended up with a flag, an anthem, uh, some of the stuff that Alex Kane makes to, in his piece in, in today's Belfast Telegraph, where he, he basically says, you know, he voted to leave because the EU was, was kept basically stealing competences which should be devolved to, to nation states and perhaps a tier below that. So that's the Brexiteer argument, and that's why they will celebrate tonight. And it could be the beginning of a bright new dawn. Well, we simply don't know. I mean, economic forecasts are, are just that. They're only forecasts. Um, because we are in uncharted territory. No country uh, like the UK has ever voted to leave the European Union. No one knows what the, the trade effects will be. Uh, my, my personal view is I think there'll be drops in, in, in trading standards to accommodate a trade deal with the United States, and not just the, you know, the, the infamous chlorinated chicken uh, argument, but I think that there will have to be some trade-off in terms of standards, because standards, trading standards within the EU uh, standards of goods and products within the EU are very, very high indeed. So I think there could be some trade-off there. But in terms of whether the UK can go it alone as a trading nation, we don't know. I mean, the UK is up against it. If you're a trading block of 70 million and you're pitted against a trading block of 450 million, then who do you, who, you, know, who do you think is going to, be better, going to get the better of the argument? Who's got more clout? Probably the trading block of 450 million. It, it makes sense intuitively. It makes sense. But we don't know. It may, I think the other problem the UK has is it's got no experienced trade negotiators because the EU has been doing our, you know, trading negotiation for the the last four decades, or certainly since the single market of, the, of when it it came in in the 1990s. So I think the problem is the UK. You know, will we will we be caught out in trade negotiations with inexperienced trade negotiators representing us? I think the good news from a Northern Ireland perspective is it, it will be business as usual far more than elsewhere in the UK. Northern Ireland, in some respects, has less to worry about, certainly in terms of you know, north-south trade. Um, you know, the, the action really in terms of Northern Ireland will be in terms of GB to Northern Ireland trade, and that's where you'll see a difference. And in effect, goods travelling between Great Britain and Northern Ireland will, to all intents and purposes, from here on be treated as exports and that obviously has potential constitutional ramifications in the long term. Of course, that is one of the big debating points. So much to look at over the next uh, year that, that's, that's coming up. And I would imagine beyond that as well. John, always good to speak to you. Thank you very much on this historic Pleasure. day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, John Tong is Professor of Politics across at University of Liverpool. Uh, what about the people who are involved in manufacturing and indeed those with their ear to and eyes on the economy? We're going to check in just a moment. Stephen Kelly is the CEO with Manufacturing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. NI, and he's available to have a conversation with us. Good morning, Stephen. Morning, Frank. On this historic day, how do you feel as the CEO with manufacturing NI? Well, Frank, it may be historic uh, politically, but in terms of the practicalities, which is what business really worries about, then it's a nothing day. It's really a PR exercise by the Prime Minister and his government uh, to demonstrate that he's got Brexit done. So what are you expecting from him tonight in his speech? Is it one of those, oh, we're all in this together and thumbs up and let's push ahead in unity? And you're going to accept that his push ahead will be of benefit to those in the manufacturing sector? Or are you seriously worried? Well, the one thing about Boris Johnson is he is uh, incredibly positive about uh, not just uh, the Brexit issue and the future of the country, but everything in, in life in many respects. And uh, in the past, that may have got him through, but we're, we're in a different territory here now. Uh, the next 11 months will define, particularly for Northern Ireland, how we trade for the next generation. The next 11 months will define the economic and security of the entire United Kingdom as well. So uh, this is an enormously big gamble that the UK has taken. Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister uh, he will have to lead through this period. And he really needs to deliver on those commitments that he's made to the, the people and businesses in Northern Ireland, which is there won't be any checks, won't be any controls, not just from Northern Ireland into GB, but from GB into Northern Ireland. And do you get a sense that he may have a, a trick up his sleeve that could fool you somewhere along the line? Because Professor John Tong speaking to us, uh, describing it at the moment as there being a slight advantage for Northern Ireland. Well, Northern Ireland at this point has some of the benefits, but certainly a lot of the burdens from uh, the Prime Minister's deal. Yes, we will be unique in that regardless of what happens this year, we will have access to the EU's 450 million person single market uh, and free and frictionless trade across this island and across Europe. Uh, But the cost of that is that the border in the Irish Sea will be created. So certainly there's a great degree of optimism that we have some unique opportunities there, but it comes with a significant cost that really needs to be removed, and that's some controls that will go into the IRC. Earlier in the week you were calling for financial assistance from the government if they're going to impose these checks. Would that be enough, or do you need to see the checks eradicated? Well, it's not enough. Uh, the compensation issue will be there for whatever cannot be negotiated or removed. Uh, we do need derogation from significant parts of the euro. We need mitigation in terms of the UK side and, uh, and in terms of taking the cost of the UK being allowed to Brexit. Uh, whatever is left there needs to be compensated for, absolutely. But we also need representation too, Frank. There are new structures being created, not just at Stormont, but uh, in the UK and in Europe. And Northern Ireland's voice needs to be heard at that, uh, in those tables and at those forums. So you're very understanding of the, the, the feelings of, for example, the freight industry, who I think primarily were making that call on, the, on, on this programme, but you're all in it together in relation to the worries and the concerns. Well, we are. Uh, we don't have an economy which is just one part of business. We have an economy which is interdependent upon each other. It's more like an ecosystem than a 
uh, than one single strain of, of business. We rely upon supply chains. We rely upon retailers to sell the stuff that we make. We rely on the logistics industry to move things around. We rely on farmers to produce primary products so we can make them into great food. So we, we have a community here and an ecosystem which depends upon each other. Uh, and what uh, the, our colleagues in the food industry are saying is that they're not ready. They don't have the skills, the people or the resources uh, to deliver on this uh, IVC border if it is required. So it is uh, incumbent on the Prime Minister to remove that risk and that uh, worry. And if that can't be removed, then he needs to step in and compensate and pay for the, the skills to be developed. Do you think there'll be the spotlight on the negotiations over the next year that we had over the last three years on the withdrawal agreement? Or will the, will, will the talk and the chatter move away from it because it'll be so technical? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, the Prime Minister doesn't want Brexit to be mentioned after 11 o'clock tonight. That's an instruction that's coming down from 10 Downing Street to colleagues and business groups across the UK. Uh, if there's any problems or concerns, you need to bury them in some nice positive stuff and hope for the best. Uh, but we're certainly clear that uh, despite what may be the, the view in, in Westminster and what may be the view in Brussels or even in Dublin for that matter, Northern Ireland isn't sorted. The first phase of these negotiations has left us not in the position that they, they all collectively promised, which was trading uh, next week the same way as we trade uh, today. Uh, no noticeable difference. That isn't what has been delivered. Uh, we have significant burdens being placed upon us that need to be removed. Uh, so we'll certainly be continuing to make sure that the voice is articulated. Hopefully it will also be heard. Yeah, but you, are, are you seeing significant changes already going into ne- this, the, the next few months? Because the, we're forever hearing that there'll be no change until this time next year. Well, there's no, in practical terms, there's no change uh, until the 1st of January 2021, that's correct. But actually in people's minds, our supply chains and GB, uh, some customers in GB are already going, well, are we allowed to trade with you? What do you mean that we may need to complete some customs declarations, perhaps pay some tariffs? That all sounds very complex. It all sounds very costly. Maybe we'll think about our relationship with you. So uh, those conversations with GB customers and suppliers have already begun uh, and we need to regain that confidence so they can continue to trade with us. Stephen, thanks for explaining it to us. Stephen Kelly, Manufacturing NI's CEO. Jamie DeLarge's listening to all of that. Um, the more we talk about it on this particular day, Jamie, the more we realise that people, with the possible exception of Jim Wales who's having that party tonight, are concerned because there's a degree of uncertainty yeah and 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 the sense uh, i've been listening to the conversations you've been having since the start of the program and the tone is pretty much downbeat um i i I do share that sense of pessimism but i want to start on a more positive note which is the um the fact that there could be a brexit bounce um and how that's coming about is because after the Brexit vote, um, sterling weakened a lot, um, uh, which basically meant that the cost of buying goods from abroad went up, which means that uh, more money was going out of people's pockets. Uh, in recent weeks now, sterling has been strengthening, uh, which is uh, designed or sort of may well give uh, the public greater confidence to go out there and spend and could lead to a so-called Brexit bounce. Now, of course, when you have economists 
saying that and giving that interpretation. Yeah, and you've other people piping up and saying, well, hold on. Yes, it has strengthened, but it hasn't strengthened all that much. And the uncertainty that's surrounding uh, business is not going to uh, lead to any significant Brexit bounce. But you, just like... Um, just like in many things, you, you can you, you have two uh, uh, two forms of analysis, but it, there there indeed may well be some form of uh, uh, recovery, and uh, that 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 will give people a sense that you know things aren't entirely gloomy at all. Will it come and go over the next year? We'll have blips and troughs, or will there be a sense of stagnation until you know after this bounce, after the the possibility of a bounce? Will there be a general stagnation until things are sorted out? Well, I think maybe a better way of of looking at the whole business. Um, I'm indebted here to um, that that soccer uh, analyst uh, Leo Varadkar, who says this whole Brexit carry on is well, you didn't use the term carry on is a game of two halves, um, and we we're basically at half time here, and so we, we've 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 gone through all this uncertainty, more than three years of it, and we assume that it's all done, but. The next year, the next 11 months, uh, as uh, some of the commentators have been re- uh, mentioning, is, is going to lead to renewed uncertainty, renewed, you know, as we, as we pursue these negotiations over a trade deal. Uh, and in a sense, that is going to, yes, uh, further, if you like, or re- another bout of, of destabilizing uh, sentiment. So there, there's, there's, I, I don't, there will be yes ups and downs as we see the negotiations going. There will be, you know, will be some wins for the UK, and then there'll be some um, some form of retreat. But you know, as you well know, uh, I mean, I think I was one of the early people to say that there would be a border in the Irish Sea, and the reason why I said that is because I believe the EU. Jamie, could I just stop you there? Could I just stop you there and actually congratulate you on that? Because we were in Havelock House when you said that on U105. And that's a, that's a long time ago now. That is a long time ago. And I got you to explain all the intricacies of that on the radio one morning on the phone years ago. And it was the first reference to the border down the Irish Sea. But go ahead. Yeah, well, the, but, but the underlying sentiment was that the EU held all the cards and they were going to look after the interests of Ireland, North and South, and, and therefore they were going to get what they wanted, and as it turned out to be the case. So, in a sense, um, they will get, to some extent, what they want in these negotiations. Um, but, you know, the, so they will... Um, there's two aspects to that. One is that, that, actually, I don't believe that there will be too much divergence from the EU rules... Um, that that you know this notion that we that we will strike out on our own and and uh, d- do things differently. I'm talking about the UK as a whole because, of course, uh, in, in Northern Ireland um, we were essentially are tied into what the EU is doing. But but the UK as a whole, though, this notion we will 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 change very much. But you know, I, I don't worry too much that that in a sense we will. Um, we will keep the same rules. In fact, I think it's a generally a, a positive thing. But but that's, again, it, to take the soccer uh, um, context, you know, um, because you write the rules doesn't mean to say you control the game. I mean, it's well known that Britain wrote the rules of soccer, but it hasn't allowed them to enable them to win too many World Cups. 
So the fact that the EU is busy there writing the rules that will um, that will extend into the future shouldn't necessarily put the UK at a disadvantage. You know, this, there's a great deal of uncertainty. And if, and if I may go off tangent again, um, you know, there's a phrase uh, I, I remember very little of the philosophy I learned as a student. But one one there's one phrase that I do remember, and it's and if you'll bear with me, it's like. It's the oil of wisdom spreads its wings only with the falling of the dusk. It's very poetic. And basically what it means is you only know what's happened when the thing's over. And so I don't really feel that any of us have a notion what this is all going to mean, not just economically, but psychologically, politically, until the whole thing is over in a few years and we think, oh gosh, that's what it's all about. Mm. And this is where we are. I never thought we were going to end up like this. I never thought it was going to be as bad as this. I never thought it was going to be as good as this. I, I, didn't, I, think, I didn't even think it was going to be like this. So in a sense, we're all, we're all at sea. We have no notion how this is going to turn out. But I suppose, like in any sort of new adventure that we're entering into, it's what we make of it. And I, I, I do think that while this is not where I want to be, it's not where I suspect that some of your former speakers want to be, you know, we can make, we can make, uh, we, we should make the best of it. And I think we can turn this perhaps in due course to our advantage. But it, do you know what? It's, it's, it's good. It's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough for us. Just a couple of final things. Who is in front at half time in this game? <laughs> oh, I think it's the EU. You know, without a shadow of doubt, uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, you know, the celebrations tonight, whether they be at the gates of Stormont or in Ten Downing Street, muted uh, as they may be, wherever. You know, there's no doubt that the EU has has has, has got ahead and. Um, Certainly, um, I would still say that that's likely to be the, the outcome in, 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 at the end of this year. But, you know, you know just because you, you win uh, doesn't mean to say at the, at the, you, know, you, you, win, you win something in the early stages. And, I mean, even when this, uh, I'm saying this is a Brexit game of two halves, actually, there's a, there was a line in the, um, the Financial Times there recently where this guy says, all right, uh, negotiations are over now. We can forget about all this. And then he writes in big letters, "Ha ha, fooled you. It's never going to end." <laughs> I thought it was really very good. Captured this notion. It's just going to go on and on. And in the fullness of time, who knows who's going to turn out to be the winner? Give us the the oil of wisdom again. That that line. It's the. It's actually. It's the oil of Minerva. Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. The oil of Minerva spreads its wings only with the falling of the dusk. Hmm. The modern day version of that would be hindsight's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it, might be, it might be, but it's certainly not as poetic. <laughs> no, that's true, true. And it doesn't give you a chance to show off your philosophy qualifications. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Right, Frank. The very balanced voice of uh, Jimmy DeLarge. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.